episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. I wanted to take a moment uh, and say thank you for tuning in and listening to the podcast. I also wanted to mention that we just launched our website, which is sleepandrelaxasmr.com, just all spelled out. Uh, The website has all of our show episodes, news, and announcements, and it also has information for brands that are interested in sponsoring the show. But uh, most importantly, the website will make it easier to connect with you guys. Um, And I would love to get in touch with as many fans as possible. So I invite you guys to check out sleepandrelaxasmr.com. It's all spelled out. If you're confused about the spelling, just check out the show notes uh, and there will be a direct link. But that's all for now. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the episode. to hang up all the camp laundry 
as a tree. It fell over and begged for mercy. To whet his appetite, Babe would chew up thirty bales of hay, wire and all. It took six men with pigaroons to get all the wire out of Babe's teeth after his morning snack. Right after that, he'd eat a ton of grain for lunch and then come pestering around around the cook, sourdough Sam, begging for another snack. Babe the Blue Ox was a great help around Paul Bunyan's logging camp. He could pull anything that had two ends, so Paul often used him to straighten out the pesky, twisted logging roads. By the time Babe had pulled the twists and kinks out of all the roads leading to the lumber camp, there was twenty miles of extra road left flopping about with nowhere to go. So Paul rolled them up and used them to lay a new road into New Timberland. Sorry, obviously, as you can tell, some of the language is quite very folklory, and uh, it's not, you know, a lot of the words and phrases, like, we don't really use. So, anyway, I apologize if I'm uh, saying some of these words a little mangled, or some of the phrases a little funny. I'm trying my best. <laughs> <clears throat>
see that one we finished a little quickly. It wasn't very long, so I'll definitely do at least one more. Let's see what else, or what other folklore story I can find on here. Next one is called The First Years. It's an Inuit myth retold by S.E. Schlosser, the same person from the first tale. long ago, man went hunting along the water's edge for seals. To man's delight, many seals were crowded together along the seashore. He would certainly bring home a great feast for woman and son. He crept cautiously toward the seals. The seals grew restless. Man slowed down. Suddenly, the seals began to slip into the water. Man was frantic. His feast was getting away. Saw a single seal toward the back of the group. It was not moving as quickly as the others. Here was his prize. He imagined the bride on a woman's face, the joy in son's eyes. Their bellies would be filled for many days from such a seal. <coughs> man crept toward the last seal. It did not see him, or so man thought. Suddenly it sprang away and slipped into the water. Man rose to his feet. He was filled with a strange emotion. He felt water begin to drip from his eyes. He touched his eyes and tasted the drops. Yes, they tasted like salty water. Strange choking sounds were coming from his mouth and chest. Son heard the cries of man and called woman. They ran to the seashore to find out what was wrong with man. Woman and son were alarmed to see water flowing out of man's eyes. Man told them about the shore filled with seals. He told he told how he had hunted them, and how every seal had escaped his knife. As he spoke, water began to flow from the eyes of woman and son, and they cried with man. In this way, people first learned to weep. Later, man and son hunted a seal together. They killed it, and used its skin to make snares for more seals. <clears throat> so, this tale is supposed to be about a man who learns how to cry. Uh, he had never had that feeling. Shortly after 
was so cold that in their logging camp one evening, the temperature dropped to 68 degrees below zero. Each degree in the camp thermometer measured 16 inches long, and the flames in the lanterns froze solid. No one, not even Paul Bunyan, could blow them out. The lumberjacks didn't want the bunkhouse lit at night because they wouldn't get any sleep. So they put the lanterns way outside of camp where they wouldn't disturb anyone. But they forgot about the lanterns so that when, the, when thaw came in the early spring, the lanterns flared up again and set all northern Michigan on fire. They had to wake Paul Bunyan up so he could stamp out the fire with his boots. That's a nice short one. That's a nice, definitely a nice little story. And once again, we certainly have time for another one, so let's find another tale to read. Next one is called Dunkelberger Gravel Bar, a rogue river tall tale, as told by Captain Tim Brockner, collected by S.E. Schlosser.
had never seen snow before. At first, it was a novelty, something to play in, but the cold increased tenfold, and it began to worry. The little animals, animals were being buried in the snow drifts, and the larger animals could hardly walk because the snow was so deep. Soon, all would perish if something were not done. We must send a messenger to Kijamu Kaung, the creator, who creates by thinking that what will be, said Wise Owl. We must ask him to think the world warm again so that spirit snow will leave us in peace. The animals were pleased with this plan. They began to debate amongst themselves, trying to decide who to send up to the creator. Wise Owl, Wise Owl could not see well during the daylight, so he could not go. Coyote was easily distracted and liked playing tricks, so he could not be trusted. Turtle was steady and stable, but crawled too slowly. Finally, Rainbow Crow, the most beautiful of all the birds with shimmering feathers of rainbow hues and an enchanting singing voice, was chosen to go to see the creator. It was an arduous journey, three days up and up into the heavens, past the trees and clouds, beyond the sun and the moon, and even above all the stars. He was buffeted by winds and had no place to rest, but he carried bravely on until he reached heaven. When Rainbow Crow reached the holy place, he called out to the Creator, but received no answer. The Creator was too busy thinking up what would be to notice what would what would be to notice even the most beautiful of birds. So Rainbow Crow began to sing his most beautiful song. The Creator was drawn from his thoughts by the lovely sound and came to see which bird was making it. He greeted Rainbow Crow kindly and asked what gift he could give the noble bird in exchange for his song. <clears throat> Rainbow Crow asked the Creator to unthink the snow so that the animals of Earth would not be buried and freeze to death. But the Creator told Rainbow Crow that the snow and the ice had spirits of their own not be destroyed. What shall we do then? asked the Rainbow Crow. We will all freeze or smother under the snow. You will not freeze, the Creator reassured him, for I will think of fire, something that will warm all creatures during the cold times. The Creator stuck a stick into the blazing hot sun. The end blazed with a bright glowing fire which burned brightly and gave off heat. This is fire, he told Rainbow Crow, handing him the cool end of the stick. Must hurry to earth as fast as you can fly before the stick burns up. Rainbow Crow nodded his thanks to the creator and flew as fast as he could go. It was a three-day trip to heaven, and he was worried that the fire would burn out before he reached earth. The stick was large and heavy, but the fire kept Rainbow Crow warm as he descended from heaven down to the bright path of stars. Then the fire grew hot as it came closer to Rainbow Crow's feathers. As he flew past the sun, his tail caught on fire, turning the shimmering, beautiful feathers black. By the time he flew past the moon, his whole body was black, with soot from the hot fire. When he plunged into the sky and flew through the clouds, the smoke got into his throat, strangling his beautiful singing voice. <clears throat> By the time Rainbow Crow landed among the freezing cold animals of Earth, he was black as tar and could only call instead of sing. He delivered the fire to the animals snow and warmed themselves, rescuing the littlest animals from the snowdrifts where they lay buried. It was a time of rejoicing, for Tindy, fire, had come to earth, 
edge of his wind on, on the wind on his face. He looked up and saw the creator who creates by thinking what will be walking toward him. Do not be sad, Rainbow Crow, the creator said. All animals will honor you for the sacrifice you made for them. And when the people come, they will not hunt you. For I have made your flesh taste of smoke, set so that it is no good to eat. And your black feathers and hoarse voice will prevent man from putting you into a cage to sing for him. You will be free. Then the creator pointed to Rainbow Crow's black feathers. Before his eyes, Rainbow Crow saw the dull feathers become shiny, and inside each one he could see all the colors of the rainbow. They will remind you, they will remind everyone who sees you of the service you have been to your people, he said, and the sacrifice you made to save them all. And so shall it ever be. <clears throat> That's the end of Rainbow Crow. What a great little tale to finish the episode. Yeah.